Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney. And this is Sloan. And you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. I'm just going to hit record so everyone can hear <laughs> what it's like to be a part of a an episode. I've had so many people over the years that have been like, you should do an unedited episode where you leave all the crazy stuff in. Oh my gosh. So... <laughs> Let's, let's, here we go, y'all. Unedited episode of me and Ashley and Becca trying to stay on task. Oh my God. Good luck. Absolutely. (laughs) That's the beauty of it. Mom life. Yeah, right? Mm. I mean, we're moms too. We just have a lot more fur. And they never get out of the toddler stage, really. Scamp talks back a lot. Is that, does that make me a mom? Yes. Well, my mom's dog was also just barking, and Max came back to close the door, but he closed it with him on this side of it, and now Ben just came in. Hi, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, I have 33 kids that I'm responsible for educating and keeping alive Monday through Friday, so. Yeah. It's fine. Wait. Okay. I'm confused because you're a librarian, but are you? I was the school librarian, but the teacher shortage is very real. So now you're subbing as an as like a classroom teacher. Oh, I'm not subbing. They moved. They closed the library and they moved me into a classroom. I'm a fourth grade teacher this whole year. Mm -mm. Jeez, the teacher shortage is real. Even with me being moved from the library to fourth grade, we still have over a hundred fourth graders and three teachers. Jesus. Seriously? Seriously. There are 1,200 openings in my school district. 1,200. That's Not to be fair, I work for the fifth largest school district in the country, but still 1,200 is a lot. Yeah. Okay. Because our district only has like 300 students, but... No, my school has like 600 students. Yeah. We just talked about, we had to fill out this intent to say if we were going to come back or not next year. And I put on mine, like, only if I get the library. Yeah, and should. she started the meeting process with people, my principal, where she's telling them, like, what grade they'll be assigned to next year. And I haven't got my meeting yet. So I'm really terrified she's going to be like, sorry, library is going to stay closed. I don't have enough teachers. Yeah. I want to go on. <laughs> yeah, Quentin has been like, just quit and go back to working in a library. And I was like, yeah. I mean, in theory, I'll get this library back next year. And also, I can't quit in the middle of this school year. I'd never be able to put it on my resume. I would never get credit for being a teacher for an entire year. No principal is going to be like, yeah, she worked here. If I quit in the middle of the school year with a teacher shortage of 1200 so I'm telling you not until May. Yeah. And in theory, like I'll be the librarian. In that kind of situation, I feel like they should understand that that's just not something. I'm that trying to be a team player. Yeah, that's not worth it. The funny <laughs> part is. The I'm funny part me. is, well, actually, there's multiple parts. There's multiple components that are like WTF. Why did they do this? There was a bill passed two years ago that schools are required to have not only to have a school librarian, but to have a qualified school librarian. So they either have to have a master's in library sciences like I do, or they have to have a librarian endorsement. 
So they were in big trouble with the library services department for doing that. Yeah. For removing me. Second of all, they do not realize what a librarian in a school does because I still have to work an extra like 10 duty hours a week in that library just to stay on top of things. Like they had no idea how much a school librarian did. Have you talked to the labor labor department about all this? So here's the thing. (laughs) Up until a week ago, we didn't even have an active contract because we were in a stalemate with our district and our board. I would I would reach out to the state uh, labor department. I'm just going to tough it out until May, and then next year, if she doesn't give me the library, peace. I okay. I mean, and that's basically what I told her. I said I said I'm doing this to like help out and be a team player. I know you wouldn't have done this if you didn't feel like you had another choice, but I know I do have a choice. I'm helping out this year. Next year, I expect you to. This is, I applied for a librarian position. I interviewed for a librarian position. I was offered and accepted a librarian position. And that's the position I'm qualified for. This isn't you helping me out. This is you giving me the job that I was supposed to have. So I will tough it out for the rest of this year. I don't want to screw over my kids. But next year, either I have the library or I walk. You should, yeah. And that sucks for her, but... I, it's my life well yeah and no, you're not legally that's like, yeah that's bare minimum like that's not right ashley yeah. ashley don't be mad i like how you already know but yeah go I off currently i currently weigh 128 pounds <sighs> yeah and see that's the other part it's not good for your health no the stress of this job has been maxing me to say the very least yeah. And that's, and I've that's always been very candid quit. on the podcast about like having an eating disorder and mm. going through the process of what that's like. And I don't think people realize the reactions stress can have when you have issues with controlling when and how much you eat, because it's not even a matter of, I don't want to eat or I'm forcing myself not to eat. It's literally, I get stressed and food becomes the last thing on my mind. And I forget to eat. And then the concept of working 13 hours a day and then going home and I have to cook something and I have to clean up from eating something and I have to take the 30 minutes to cook something and the 30 minutes to eat and the 30 minutes to clean up after it. I just go to bed. Yeah. Just sounds exhausting. That's how I was at the mountain. And that's why I don't want you to deal with it because I love you so much. And if they don't give you, if they don't give you the library, or if they do this yeah, again, I would quit. I'm if totally they're like, not oh, you can have say. the li- library. And then they're like, well, we need you to be a teacher a couple months in. Leave. Nope. Nope. Don't. don't My answer is going to be no, I'm the librarian. And if you don't want me to work in the librarian as the librarian, then I'm leaving and you'll be short a librarian and a teacher. I'll order you right. a cake that says with sympathy, this is my two weeks. For your well, I wouldn't even get two weeks. Are you kidding me? I don't get two weeks anymore. I'm it done makes me I'm so done. happy. I will order it for Becca, you. Becca, do you have an and... electric blanket? Uh, what, yeah, this one of the, this one's the electric one. I love it. Okay, I'm just double checking. So we're <laughs> all three all... using electric blankets right now. That's what I just heard. It's only on level four, but it's on. Mine's on the yeah. highest level. No, 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 level. this is level four. Okay, same. This is the button to turn it on and off. That's bougie. 
Mine's like... Ashley, ask me how long it took Scamp to figure out how to use that button. One day or less. Yup. Yup. We came home from work and I was like, I was like, the blanket is on, really? And Quentin was like, you left it on? I was like, first of all, it has a two-hour timer. Second of all, no. No, I did not. Three days in a row, that blanket was on when I got home. That is not a coincidence. Nope. Uh, Jazzy learned how to turn on this one. because he's laying right on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Well, it's really easy. He just has to pause. Yeah. Like, he literally just has to... I'm barely applying any pressure now. (laughs) He's so smart. a podcast of some kind um maybe okay welcome to another episode of the prince kai fan pod a marissa meyer book club podcast where captain is king marissa is queen and i'm your host bethany finger today's special guests are ashley and becca hey i just showed bethany what my my um bookmark is and i think becca you'll appreciate i'm happy it's an m&m rapper it's an m&m rapper from halloween (laughs) i love that well because when we recorded part one it like was halloween right something pretty much but i think it was like a week after halloween (laughs) coming at you live with part two (laughs) i read as of recording this listeners it's january 14th (laughs) it's been an adult is hard no, but I'm trying I to so juggle. This books. is why I think people don't understand that this is the difficulty of podcasting is trying to juggle not only multiple schedules, but multiple responsibilities. Like Becca not only has twins that she's responsible for like nurturing and keeping alive, but she's also got a job and she runs a farm and she's supposed to like take care of herself as a human being. I think that kind of describes how demanding it is without me having to go into a lot of detail, right? Like it is hard to juggle various schedules yeah different job than when we recorded part one but yeah right (laughs) oh you're not at the hotel anymore no no I'm working at the what do you do now (gasps) what do you do at the school well right now I'm a para um uh, uh, yeah in pre-k currently part-time um and then I'll sub for whatever grades we need. And then um, I, if I can come up with $260 at some point in time, then I'll get my sub certificate. So, but we're not. We, That's like, exciting. They say, that they, need, yeah, they say that they need teachers and subs and everything here, but it's nothing compared to where you're at. Well, this like, is the fifth largest school district in the country. So it's pretty expansive. Yeah. 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 It's rough out here too. That I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my aunt works in, um, my aunt works in Santee. She's taught at the same school since before I was born. And she's like, yep, I'm going to retire. And part of it is the expectation on teachers has become magnified to a degree that is difficult for even veteran teachers to keep up with. I had the amount of workload I have is the amount of workload I have is so big that I don't have time to eat. That's what that is. Yeah. 
I had a friend who I met. So I went to high school with her and then I met her again, like face to face um, on an incentive flight when I was married nice. to John. Yeah. And we got talking and she told me she was a teacher for three years and then she quit because she couldn't do it. She said, I went to school. This is not what I went to school for. This is not right. what I talked to other teachers about when she was <laughs> at Mascuda with me. And yep. she was like, I don't want to do it anymore. So she quit. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I would not be like dipping my toe into it as like an actual teacher or in an actual district. <laughs> I would never even I think, think that honestly, up. I think it would be fine if I were in like a smaller situation. Like you're here. I hear great stories about like uh, you know magnet schools and charter schools and and the smaller mm-hmm. um and more manageable sizes but when you're in a district of this, this magnitude you have you know countless people that you have to answer to and the state of Nevada has put on requirements for that here's here, let me give you an example of what I have to do with my fourth graders before and after every lesson I have to do what's called a learning intention where I go into a, like a five minute detail about what they're going to learn why they're learning it and what standards of the curriculum it reaches. And then at the end of the lesson, I'm supposed to go over the reverse of that, what they did learn and what standards. My fourth graders don't care if I'm at MBT 4A27 category. They don't care at all. I don't do it unless someone's observing me. Sorry, I don't. <laughs> no, this is this is so beautiful because that's what the military has to do. That's you know what that, right? Quentin said. <laughs> yes. Quentin said the same thing. He was like, that's ridiculous. I had to do that. And I also thought it was stupid. And my kids I, were 18. I didn't do it with my yeah. kids. Yeah. Um, I don't do it unless someone is observing me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. How are they going to know? For Lego reasons, you do, you do it every time that you teach. Actually, you're not even a, you're not a, you're not an educated for being a teacher teacher. You're I mean, librarian. I'm getting, I'm currently going to school right now to get, get my educator license. So I kind of am. Okay. But so you were by hired? the time I get at the end of this year, I'll also have a bachelor's degree in education because all of the other degrees I have weren't enough to get a job. So Might being well a millennial is stupid. Look at Bethany over here needs to just have one, you know, the wall where it's all the graduation caps and twilight. <laughs> That's going to be Bethany's wall of uh, degrees. <laughs> I would love that so much. I I, I have fun with my students. If it weren't for my students, I probably would have left. I had um, someone come in and do an observation the other day. She was a, um, she does like Boys Town stuff. So she was coming in to observe different classrooms. And um, apparently I have the best fourth grade classroom, which is not something I would have said based on my students' actions. But apparently it's like all of the little things I do and I have this thing where I sing Taylor Swift to the kids <laughs> and I saw it. Um, I started doing it months and months and months ago. And I told like two or three people, um, but there's a song by Taylor Swift called you need to calm down. Yeah. And I sing that to my kids. So now I just go, Oh, and they do the rest of the song. They go, you need to calm down. You're being too loud. Uh-uh. You need to just stop, look, and listen. And then I have a completely silent room. That's awesome. Because sometimes it's like, okay, we really need to 
It's fun talking about how much you guys did Fortnite last night, but we also have to learn phonics. And sometimes it's Mrs. Finger saying, who wants a roller coaster video? Because you guys are driving me nuts and I need five minutes. That works. Yeah. They are I obsessed mean- with these roller coasters. If you're a teacher or a parent and you're listening, they you can go on YouTube and they have these five, ten, five minute, 10 minute, two minute, 20 minute videos where it's a POV of being on a roller coaster and my kids shut up so fast. They all, and they put themselves, I didn't even tell them to do this, but they sit with their friends in a row, like on the floor or in chairs. And they're like, (laughs) (laughs) I remember doing that as a kid, but with a chair. And instead of having the video, we just imagined it. Yeah, no, we have, it's some of it's really like, there's, um, there's a couple AI ones that go into outer space and go underwater and you like go through a a whale's belly. Like there's some really, really cool stuff on YouTube. You guys. (laughs) That would be so much better than all of this, like, skibbity toilet nonsense that my children are upset with. I highly recommend it. Well, even like when we're doing like group work or when we're doing like a test or solo studies, anything quiet, I put on this video, you can find them on YouTube as well, um, where it'll have like ocean animals or it'll have like little tiny baby animals like dogs playing and a duck following its mother duck. And it'll have like really soft, calming music in the background and the kids love it because they get stressed and then they just look over and there's a sea turtle like <laughs> waddling through the water and it's I just put like those on for what, jazz. what kind of plant is that mrs finger like, exactly we well, i can't do that we put on calm down music but i could never do animal music uh, animals for the dog stamp would lose his mind that's true i, I also the adult... sorry no like, when we were in school when we were in school, like the teacher's computer screensaver was that for us, yeah. right? Yeah, it's basically like that only. It's like 4HD. It's like a literal camera view of going underwater and floating around. Like it's, yeah. it's incredible. We just either had, had like either the flying toasters, because the flying toasters yeah. were cool. <laughs> or it was the bouncy ball and you would just wait for it to hit exactly in the corner. Yeah. And there's like literally like, and uh, a conference room scene from an office episode where they're waiting for it to hit the corner. I love and that. I, just... I love that episode because I'm like my whole child or the maze. Do you remember the oh, maze yes. one? The maze is my no, favorite. There was a, a screensaver maze one where it would like POV going through a maze. Oh, and, and then they have. I don't the know why pipes. that was my hand gesture for a maze, but like I have, I have a dress that looks like the pipes. Oh, that's cool. Welcome back Ooh. to Screensavers of the 90s and early 2000s podcast. Right. I gotta. I would listen to that podcast. I 100% would listen to that podcast. I gotta show you the creepy. Be so much less preparing and editing. I would just randomly talk for an hour. So. I saw, I saw your guys's like couples portraits <laughs> on Facebook and just. I had so much fun absorbing the amount of Ashley that was in my computer screen. There's more. <laughs> if you want a calendar, I, love, I loved all of them. <laughs> if you want a calendar, I'll send you a calendar. I would not be opposed to okay. having a calendar. Are you kidding? I'm YouTube, Becca. Uh-huh. You just have to send me your address. I will send you guys a calendar of us doing stupid shit like that. <laughs> I right now am um, in the process of looking for an artist. 
I want to commission an artist. So if you're listening and you're interested, um, I created this map on a website called Ink Cart where you can create like fan- fantasy maps. And I created this map for my book series. I did it for myself so I could kind of visualize and, and immerse myself, but then my publisher loved it and wanted to include it in the book. But drum roll. <laughs> I will be one of the featured authors at this year's Twilight Festival. <gasps> and Yay! I thought it would be really cool if I could have some art prints of the maps. Um, and if you're listening and you've ever wanted to meet me in public, in person, I will be there. And I'm trying desperately to make Ashley go with me. <laughs> I'm going with you. When is it? Okay. September is 23rd, 24th. Okay, yeah, I'll go. I'll be there. I just have yeah. to... I, so this is why I didn't want to tell you until I saw you guys, but Brandon and I are trying for a baby. So I'll either oh. have to drive or I'll, or I'm able to fly. So we'll see how far along you are. If you're able yep. to fly, I'm going to crochet so many blankets. I'm I picturing colors already. Yay. <laughs> oh, I'm so, so excited. Thank you. Festival yeah. in, in Vegas. No, it's in Forks, Washington. Oh my god. So they have this huge twilight festival every year in Forks, Washington. It's like a week-long festival and they get producers and actors and directors from the show. Um I- Ashley Green who played uh Alice is there like every year. Pretty much all the Cullen siblings other than Edward are there. Yeah. They really love still being a part of that. Um Taylor Lautner has made an appearance a couple of years in a row. And on the last day, they do a huge author signing. And to give you an, an idea of what kind of authors I will be with, um, Lish McBride, Tracy Wolf, who wrote the Crave series, okay. which probably wouldn't exist without Twilight, to be honest with you. Obviously, Stephanie Meyer. Like, there's just countless amazing authors that are going to be there. And I'm still like, I I can barely wrap my brain around the fact that I'm finally getting published let alone that I'm going to be a featured author at Twilight yeah that is so exciting yeah oh my gosh, so many exciting things. yeah oh my God. yeah I wrote yeah, a book you guys <laughs> I know I need to get on well I've written like 70 books this is just the first one someone's gonna publish <laughs> I need to get like some sparkly black yarn and my crochet hooks. We gotta make black them. yarn. I just feel like I yeah, know, we gotta make like, some baby stuff. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> I, I don't feel like an Ashley baby needs like pastels, right? Like that's not right. Uh, so I'm probably gonna dress my um, I made in her the a tie dye blanket, right? You do? Yeah, yeah. It's something. Yeah, Is I made you here? a tie dye blanket at some point, mm, I like ten years ago. I don't remember how long. That was a long time ago. It's been a while. She had glow in the dark yarn. I know, isn't it cool? <laughs> yeah, it's right there. I rotate it's my tie Yeah, I love it. Yeah, at home I wear whatever. Like, I was wearing yeah. a nightgown, yeah. but you can see right through it. So I figured you guys didn't want to see that. I mean, but... I'm I'm wearing a Costco hoodie, so you know, and I have day old hair, so that's. Cool. I'm wearing Brandon's clothes. <laughs> this is all his clothes, and he is Tdy White right now. Being all oh, I'm sorry. It's all right. Quentin's window opens in April. Yeah. So you kind of have to go to Washington with me or I'm going by myself. No, I'm going with you. I already told you. Yay. And I'm going to make Eckler watch my dogs. (laughs) 
You know, what's funny is I told Quentin about it and he was like, well, I don't really want to go to a Twilight Festival. And then he looked up Forks, Washington, and he was like, oh, yeah, we can go because it's so beautiful there. He's like, I'm just going to wander aimlessly the entire time you're signing books. And I'm like, okay. He's not going to stand there. If you're an artist and you're looking for a gig, I want to commission prints for my map that I made. Yeah, I'm excited. Any book that has a map with it is Honestly. Can I share my screen with you? I could probably share screen. I think so. Hold on. Let me share screen. I'm pretty sure I could share screen. I mean, I've gotten more and more books. And it's right. actually ridiculous. I don't I don't think there I've is been, such a thing. I've been <clears throat> slowly reading through the um Bridgerton books. They're pretty they're all right. I have not read those, but I heard the audiobooks were actually really good. But you know, that sounds like a segue into our what are you reading segment. It is. <clears throat> I also uh, you know me, I'm reading like five hundred books at the same time. Like I got my Wicca books all around. I actually just put them all away finally. It's been two weeks. Um, I'm reading Oathbringer. Technically, I'm reading it with Brandon, but I accidentally forgot um, that I shouldn't be listening to the book while he's... Ooh! Oh, beautiful. Yeah. So I want to commission somebody to do the drawing version of this, and I could print it and give it to people with my book when they buy my book. Yeah. Awesome. You guys can't see if you're listening, but I just did a screen share of my map with Becca and Ashley. And if you order my book, you'll see the map. Because <laughs> my publisher was very excited about putting it in there. I put a, I shared your link, Bethany, on Facebook. So that way I don't forget Yay! all my friends. Oh my gosh. My mom tells anyone that will listen to her, my baby wrote a book. I tell everybody that I'm I'm friends with a published author. I'm like, yeah, nice. my friend. You know what's funny is <laughs> I did the blue hair as like something fun to like celebrate. And yeah. now it's like a free promotion because I'll meet random people that target that are like, oh my God, I love your hair. Why did you dye your hair? And I'm like, oh, it matches my book cover. And then it kind of segues. And then I show them my book on their phone and I watch them click the ad to read on Goodreads. And I'm like, yay. <laughs> So happy. That'll be my so. probably my souvenir from Forks then. Yeah. Is buying your book from you. So that's what I I'm currently um, reading right now is Twilight. I'm listening to New Moon right now. Um, and the reason for that is because I'm on deadline to finish book three and it is not done. Yeah. Um, but I still wanted something uh, to read and to listen to. And I feel like Twilight is one of those series that I'm familiar enough with it that I can kind of go in and out of experiencing it. Yeah. And it's not a distraction. I don't listen to it while I'm writing, but, you know, cooking, watching TV, things like that, crocheting. That's why I, so I'm listening to Oathbringer, which is Way of Kings. Yeah. And it's, 
<clears throat> it's obnoxious. It's they're huge books, mm-hmm. but I bought the audio books and Brandon and I had been just listening to them and he'd been playing yeah. Solaris or something that was it like. I love bad. listening to audio books while I'm playing video games. And I so love we, it. We were doing that and um, I have to restart from like almost the beginning of the book, but I've yeah. read the book before and listening to it is a little bit different because I catch more things as I'm listening to it. Yeah. And I can listen to it almost faster than I can read it. Because oh, definitely it, faster than I can read it because I'm a slow reader. And I listen at like 2.5 speed. So see, where I'm only allowed to go to 1.35 because Brandon can't do it too fast or it makes him anxious. I have completely converted Quentin. He watches his YouTube stuff on 2.0 now. I love it. Yeah, I completely converted him like a good partner yes as you should well i've been slowly upping it so we were at one point oh, and then yeah. i slowly have upped it up to 3.5 and so the next road trip we go which i might bring yep. him with us if he's not deployed to to the forks he'd like it come on becca are you like reading anything watching anything listening yeah. to any podcasts yeah so okay so these are the books that i'm currently reading I have a book called yes. Monsters that is copyright 1980. I love it. I have um, Giant Dinosaurs, copyright 1973. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. I have a phonics set of Paw Patrol little, like, oh, three or four cool. And we have Ed, by Ed Young, we have a book called Seven Blind Mice. And it's rather beautiful. Yeah. And and that is it. what I have read the past couple of days. I love I that. You're reading as many books as I normally do. I love it. Yeah. I mean, they're a little smaller, but yes. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. I have a friend. Reading is with. reading. I don't care if it's the back of a shampoo bottle. You get credit for it as far as I'm concerned. Actually, well, shampoo bottle would be impressive because those are some hard words. I can't pronounce right? anything on the back of that bottle. But she reads smut and her husband sat her down and, was, and she was like, well, I don't really read. And he's like, yes, you do. Just because it's it's the sexy books doesn't mean that it's it's bad reading. You're reading, yeah. you're sitting down, you're reading. And that's yeah. all that matters. And so that's I why I'm that such a big advocate when people are like, well, audiobooks aren't real books. Okay, then it doesn't count if you read out loud to your children. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, no. No, You're no. An audiobook there's now. no argument there. Either audiobooks count or they don't. Yeah. I count them personally. You should. Right? Should we actually talk about, about the podcast? The Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Did I even it's get good. my notes ready? I didn't get any notes. Yeah, so I don't. I have they're no the notes. same notes from last time. Oh ship! I have no <laughs> let me let me get back into because we didn't finish last time. It's the same notes <laughs> from October. I have no notes from October. Yeah, I'm. I don't even know where they are. Hold on, I need to. I just. I need to, to figure it out. <laughs> okay. Does it say on here where we left off? Doesn't she eat a lemon cake? We did that part, I think. I know. I'm just remembering. I'm just remembering it. 
because it just sounds so good and I could go and get my own lemon cake today and be an adult <laughs> are you sitting in front of the door Becca yeah for some reason my mother's house has no locks on any of the doors so I can't lock them so I am physically blocking the door that works. You need a vacation too. You should come with us. Mm -hmm. I'm no kidding. Last time, here's where we left off. We, we covered the post um post Cinder becoming queen episode. So we had Cinder giving all of uh Lavana's I don't know accessories and clothes is this accessories a good word like perfumes and jewelry Person. and shoes and yeah and clothes to Aiko of course who said that she would um donate some of them which I thought was really sweet of course um I don't know why I just said of course 27 times see this is why stuff gets edited listeners you don't you don't understand this stuff you don't want to listen to <laughs> She also has eyes that change color based on her mood, which is, which is perfect. Yes. Yep. Cinder is in queenly makeup and clothes. Um, no gloves or veil. That was very intentional. Iko has been named Madam Counselor. Uh, the captain and crew have a little celebration with Cinder before the coronation where they have... Um, they have some of Scarlett's grandma's cake recipe, which is lemon and delicious. And of course it gets on the dress, but what are you going to do? That's Cinder for you. Um, and we leave off with Kai kissing her and thinking of the future. So we transition into the intergalactic coronation. Um, I want to talk about how much I love the fact that she had a lottery. She wanted to make sure that everyone from each sector she wanted to make sure that there were certain people from each sector that could go. She didn't want it to only be a um, lunar aristocracy thing as it had been in the past. Uh, and instead of it going to like the wealthiest family in the sector or the guard family in the sector or whatever, she had a lottery system. So it could have been anybody, which I thought was a very fair way of doing things. Yeah, for sure. I think that's very cinder to do that. Well, I think it also comes back to the think about at the very beginning when the ball where everybody's allowed mm -hmm. to go to it. It's yeah. kind of like a playback to that. Yeah, good point. I had to pull that out of my head somewhere because it's been <laughs> years since I've read Cinder. <laughs> and I don't even have the book Cinder anymore. It's one of your fans' books now. Oh, that's yeah. right. I forgot Aww. about that. That's exciting. I think about I completely forgot time. about that. That was so long there, ago. There are times that I'm like, oh, I should read. I can't. I can't read All this. All three of us lived in a different location when that happened. Yes. Very much. Very much. Yes. Mentally yeah. and physically. <laughs> um, so the coronation is going to be broadcast to both Luna and Earth. And she tries not to think about everyone's judgments and opinions during the coronation. I want to talk about her concern for the judgments and opinions of others, because she's always sort of pretended that she doesn't care. And I think now the reason she cares is because 
the earthen's judgment is also a reflection of lunars and she's trying to change their perspective of lunars because earthens know this sort of descriptive narrative of lunars as these vicious evil creatures that mind manipulate and while being on the moon cinder has gotten to see and and her experience in africa cinder has gotten to see the other side of lunars where there are you know it's just like humans some of them are kind and some of them are not the duality of it and so yeah good word yeah yeah and it's easy to not care what people think of you when it's just a reflection of you but yeah Yeah. when you're representing an entire like species species. yeah Yeah. is that the right word i i mean i I guess i could relate to it because how i dress and act outside of my uniform is completely different than what i do in my in my uniform yeah, a lot of times people don't recognize me because I don't look the same, but I do act and and do different things, especially in public if I'm in my uniform because I'm a representative of the space force. Yeah, but also you guys have to act differently when you're in uniform, if especially if you're not on base and you're in uniform. Mm-hmm. Like they have rules about like when you can and cannot wear your uniform off yep. base, like. Even if Quentin just wants to go to Walmart on his way home, he's like, well, should I go home and change first? Because technically. You can go, but do you want to? It's that gray area. Yeah. I grew up in an area that wasn't super pro-military after 9-11. And so I don't go anywhere in my uniform other than home because of that reason. Maybe it was a Midwest thing, but I grew up in an area that became more pro-military after 9-11. Like, I swear, I don't know if, if, if I'm about to sound really old, but I don't know if young people can understand the experience of 9-11 because it literally, I, I feel like I, I woke up on 9-12 and there were American flags everywhere. Yeah. A completely yep. unified a country that had been divided on almost every major issue. And we're kind of back to that where we're divided on almost every major issue. And I do sometimes feel like young people won't get to have that experience because it literally changed the way it changed the patriotism of an entire generation of Americans. Yep. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I mean, I, I remember the, the, sh- stark difference between the day before and the day after yeah and that was kind of that change that my dad wasn't home ever anymore yeah as well so yeah my dad dad wasn't in the military at that time but he had been in the navy and he'd always been um uh you know patriotic and i remember and I do wonder if it, maybe it is a Midwest thing. I feel like Midwesterners are are more pro a lot of like union type of concepts just because it's a trade system. You know, yeah. there of course there are other jobs in the Midwest. I'm not saying there's not, but a good portion of the economy is factories, farms, trade schools, things like that. Even nursing is considered a trade school if you really think about it, because you're mm-hmm. going for one skill and it takes less than two years. And um so I, I don't know, but I swear the next day there were American flags everywhere. At least that's my memory of it. It was it was a lockdown where I was at because I was on the West Coast. Oh, yeah, so yeah, for sure. We, we elevated our level. I feel like we went to Delta, so we weren't allowed off base. My mom didn't go to work that day. I yeah. don't remember going to school that day because I don't think I got taken school- out of school that day. 
I remember being in Mrs. Adams. I was in sixth grade. I was in Mrs. Adams typing class and the morning announcements were on at the time. And the announcements changed to the news like automatically because kids a million years ago, um, TV shows when there was an auto, when there was a, a like presidential broadcast, it would change every channel to that broadcast automatically, yeah. no matter what. And I remember we were all just kind of staring at the TV and half of us weren't even sure if it was real. And I remember like the very first part of the news segment, they thought it was just like some young pilot who lost control of the plane. They didn't even realize what it was until hours later. Yeah. And then by like fifth period, my dad took all of us out of school and brought us home. I, I not don't because we were going. in danger, but just because he wanted his, he wanted to be near his kids. Yeah. I know that we couldn't get off base for sure that first day. I don't know about the days after that, but I remember my dad basically getting a call on the landline. <laughs> Cause that's how long ago it was and getting in his flight suit and leaving. And I don't remember seeing him because I think he was one of the first flights out to start moving troops and stuff because he was a loadmaster. Yeah. I mean, people take for granted the amount of instant communication we have. I remember reading an article not too long ago that was comparing um, the communication standards with today versus 10 years ago, and it went back in various decades. Yeah. And in the 1960s, when um, President Kennedy was assassinated, it took five months for that message to be spread across the entire country. Jeez. Because there were pockets that just didn't get that kind of update very fast. Yeah. And I mean, it would take maybe five minutes now. That stuff would go viral instantly. I can't open my Instagram without something from Taylor Swift, what she did two (laughs) hours ago. Can you imagine? But there's the instant gratification is what has completely altered children's mindset. It's why being a teacher is so hard right now. Mm -hmm. Kids do not want to pay attention to you. And who can blame them? When they leave school, they have a million different things going on. All of their sensory is on overload. They're yeah. watching video games while doing this. They're they're hanging out with their friends online and in person. They're on their phones 24-7. And pulling them away from that instant communication, that instant gratification to let's do a 30-minute test their minds just aren't ready for something that slow pace. And it's, it's kind of incredible when you think about how all of these books were written in the perspective of a lens 20 years ago, and yet so much of it is still applicable. Yeah. I think, or 10 years ago, I guess, but still. I think she captured, I think these books will, will hold very well because of that reason. Cause she captured that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree yeah that and being vague with the dating concept I think I know there were a lot of people that are frustrated by the dating concept and how it's not like really accurate what day or what year it is but by doing that she allowed her books to be timeless because we can never be like oh well that day has come and passed like like with um back to the future 2015 came and went it no longer has that same relevance, right? But by not putting a clear date into the series, she's able to make it. Yep. I have that that issue with uh, Anne Rice's vampire series because it takes place in like the 80s. 
Yeah. I just, for a lot of times, I just go blah, 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 for the, the dates <laughs> in my head. I mean, honestly, that's why I like writing historical fiction because I can do whatever I want. Yeah. I can't, I don't have to worry about like, well, that wouldn't work because they have cell phones <laughs> or that wouldn't yep. work because they have, you know, sonar or, or, you know, I don't have to worry about any of that because it just doesn't exist yet. Yep. It's problem solved. <laughs> and this little back door, if anybody cares, this series started out as a contemporary novel. And part of the reason I transitioned it was because I was talking to a friend and I was like, I'm so bothered down because the internet is ruining half of my plots and she's like so take away the internet just make it historical fantasy and I was like oh and now it's historical fantasy and I'm like man I don't know if I could ever write contemporary there's too much work (laughs) there's too much work I see I do enjoy historical fantasy type realms Mm -hmm. so it's more fun. As soon as you get magic in there, you can really have fun with like me for sure. The funnest part has been research, like researching what various locations were like at that time, what they wore, yeah. what they talked about, what their names were, what professions they may have had, what kind of inventions they were working on versus what kind of inventions they were already using the animals. Mm-hmm. Like I have really enjoyed getting to look into those different cultures of the past, especially because I based a lot of the locations off of um, Wales and Ireland, which is where my father is from. So I kind of felt like I was connecting with his past by doing all of that. That's awesome. (laughs) I feel like we haven't let Becca talk in a long time. Yeah. (laughs) I'm here. I'm still here. Do you have anything like that where where you kind of with your sons where you see like the changes in their lives versus like how your childhood was when it comes to electronics and communication and oh for sure yeah I mean they're so addicted to their tablets um yeah yeah I I have nothing to add because yeah it's just so different and they like don't they don't so at home we don't have internet or cable or even like a dvd player or anything and they get so mad they like don't understand (laughs) that they can't just watch this episode of this show right now or yeah you know all these things and it's like i don't know what to tell you guys (laughs) like this is how the world used to be you know yeah um, I kind of like it <laughs> go play with the chickens yeah <laughs> I know yeah. that like right. what I've had learned from being a, a teacher is that millennial parents you get you get two types of millennial parents you get the parents that are like you know my parents were really strict so I'm going to overcorrect or you get the parents mm-hmm. that were like my parents were really strict so I'm going to make sure my kids have the same values um mm-hmm. and honestly the parents that are stricter are easier to deal with because I get some parents where they're you know I had a kid the other day um he was having a bad day and he took it out on me basically and he threw something at me and I called mom and she was like well that's his right as a human being to defend himself if you were hurting his feelings then it's his right it's he's allowed to advocate for himself it took me a second to even figure out how to respond to that yeah and then I have other parents that are like he did what yeah oh I will talk to them right now can you put them on the phone yeah no that is ridiculous 
that's never okay. That's never okay. We just because somebody hurts your feelings doesn't mean that yeah. you can make them physically unsafe. I have a kid who will not stop saying the N word and he uses it derogatively. Oh no. And I, he, our school has rules against specific languages, no matter what color you are. And I called his mom to warn her, like, if we can't get him to stop, he could get suspended or even expelled for this. And she was like, you can't take his cultural right away from him. It's his culture. He's allowed to use that word if he wants to. And I was like, I don't know what to tell you. These are, I'm not telling you what to do with your culture. I'm telling you, these are the rules of our school. He can't use that word here. Yeah. That's why it's called the N word. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Wow. (sighs) Free speech. I don't know the amount of parents I have that I, I genuinely, I think that they're like, I don't want to be like my parents and they completely overcorrected. And Honestly, half the behavior issues I have are from parents who just, they're not strict with their kids and it bleeds into the school system. Because if you don't respect your kids' teachers, why on earth would your kids? Yep. And this is why I'm just going to be a sub and I'm not going to deal with It's hard. It's hard. I had, I've had, you know, I had two kids the other day, they got into a fight and, you know, they got suspended because that's what happens. And I called both their parents and one parent was like, you know, boys will be boys, which I hate that entire yeah. culture. And the other parent was like, well, I'm going to tell you right now, Mrs. Finger, I'm going to Disneyland this weekend. Dad's going to Disneyland this weekend. Brother's going to Disneyland this weekend. And I'm not going to give my kid's name away. So let's say Bob. Bob's going to grandma's this weekend. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I anyways. was a good kid, so I never had any of this. <laughs> the worst thing that ever I'm... happened to me was they took my library card away. That is the worst thing that they could do for you. But mm. you know what? I have two sisters that were both like those crazy children. Like Ivy was always pushing and getting into trouble and sneaking out and doing all kinds of stuff. Lindsay was boy crazy. She was sneaking boys into her room. She was sneaking out to go hang out with boys. Like I. I saw all the trouble that they got in and I was like, well, nope, I'm just going to read my books. But I also didn't have friends and it made it very difficult to sneak out when you had nobody to go hang out with. It's, yeah, that is true. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> Do you think that the kids on the moon would have an easy time sneaking out or a hard time sneaking out? Because if you think about it, there's no noise. There's no music, there's no TV, there's no nothing. There's just the silence of being alive. So let's say Wolf wants to sneak out and go see his friends. Maha's going to hear him, right? Because it's so quiet there. Wolf wouldn't be able to because he's too loud. (laughs) (laughs) I think we would have to like generalize everybody. I think Captain would be able to do it. Yep. Um, And Scarlet. uh, Scarlet's stealthy. Scarlet, absolutely. Uh, Cress would feel too bad about leaving the house yeah. and come back and for tell sure her guilt her yeah. guilt would be strong she would um, she would tell on herself just for contemplating sneaking out yes yeah yeah uh, she would clear that conscious so fast cinder would be able to but i think that yeah. she would she would get almost all the way back into the house and then make a noise like her foot would fall off 
Yeah, the clanking <laughs> or something. Yeah. Uh, Kai. Jason would easily be able to, right? Oh, yeah, Jason, Jason would definitely yeah. be able to. Winter wouldn't. Winter would just be like, but she would test. emotionally manipulate her way. Okay. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. I saw a bad guy like she did when she was running yeah. to see Jason. So. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah. What about Kai? I don't think Kai would be able to just because I think he's got too many eyes on him. Yep. He tries to. And I'm pretty sure everybody knows who the man in the sweater is in the middle of summer. (laughs) It's August and he's wearing a hoodie. They just pretend that he's okay. And I I don't think Aiko would be constrained to to anything like that. She would just be like, I'm leaving goodbye and just leave. that's that's my run through if somebody has something different let let us know because what kind of parents do we think that like our main characters are gonna be do we think that like because of how she grew up do we think cinder is gonna be like a doting mom yes or do you think she's gonna instill a lot of realism on her kids you can be both yeah (laughs) both 100 percent. yeah cress cress as a mom what's she like nurturing she's either gonna be like super nurturing or she's gonna have the wild children i feel like thorn deserves the wild children but crest does not (laughs) yep yeah oh poor crest with like a a little miniature thorn running around oh Oh, my goodness what about the boys parent wise who do you think would be the best male parent kai yeah yeah this is gonna be like very fatherly he's like like, a natural instinct for him it's um wolf will do what scamp does to me every time that i'm there and lick the hell out of me probably yeah yeah (laughs) a little overprotected maybe and torin i think would be a wonderful uncle yeah i don't think uncle t yeah i don't see him Mm -hmm. having kids torin no yeah no he's married to the job yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. There were listeners that had said Torin was asexual because he was just married mm-hmm. to the job and didn't really have an interest in romantic relationships. Yeah. 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 I always kind of assumed that. Yeah. Yeah. But I could see him being like, um, if anybody's ever seen Princess Diaries, I could see him being Shades kind of uncle. Yep. So before they become parents, they actually have to go through the process of being queen and emperor first. So right now, our girl is about to get ready for her her coronation. But even before her coronation, she already has all these plans in mind. She wants to have councils of of Artemisia and all the sectors. She wants to reallocate funds and labor sources so that it's not all the funds aren't going to Artemisia and all the labor isn't going to the outer sectors. She wants families and thaumaturges to, you know, work with the people and not fight against them because that's what the aristocracy has been. Um, And at some point she wants Luna to be a democracy. Yeah. I thought that's pretty ambitious. Not going to lie. I think so too. I think so too. That's a pretty big ambition. Mm-hmm. It is. I like her idealized view. However, I think idealized I, is a good word for it. I don't think it'll yeah. work. 
<laughs> if we're being completely honest, you know, I'm going to I mean, be. it can work. America worked, right? America. But with lots against of Against all odds, in the beginning, at least. In the beginning, right. at least. America, against all odds, fought against the United Kingdom. Well, it wasn't called that at the time, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they fought right. against Great Britain and won and became their own country, which is still kind of crazy if you think about it. Because at that time, that was the most powerful country in the entire world. We did get backed by France, and France hates the British. And then we screwed France over during their revolution. Yeah, we, yeah. We were like, ugh, we don't want to get involved. (laughs) We're decapitating kings and queens? Nah, fam. See, that's the problem. They were like, you guys went dark. We didn't go dark. No thanks. I think... I think it would take all of Cinder's life to transition it. And I think she she's thinking very like futuristic, but it's not very smart. She doesn't have smart goals. <laughs> I think she doesn't have achievable goals. I think they're smart because they're, right. you know, there's something that no, could no, no, benefit, no. benefit but they're yeah, not no, no, no. achievable. No, the no. acronym. Bethany. The acronym. Bethany. The, the A is for achievable, specific, measurable, achievable realistic and timely smart goals it's an acronym yep that's exactly what i meant becca this is oh this is brand new information you've never heard of this oh my god i'm surprised quentin has never said it to you the amount of acronyms quentin throws at me on a daily basis oh my goodness I'm going to give him some shit sometime. (laughs) Be like, you need to tell your wife about smart. And you know, he's probably going to be like, I told her that a million times. Yep. (laughs) I used it on the podcast and she's like, it's, it's smart. (laughs) Sorry. But it's not, I I did subconsciously know because I said achievable. So. Yep. It's all right. But it was just funny. But we're, I mean, sometimes you got to teach the teacher. Yeah, please do. Oh my God. I'm not a teacher. They made me one. Yeah. This is forced identity. So it's not a smart goal, which is something that I don't think, I don't think I learned about it until I joined the military. And I think I was already like a senior airman or something. So an E4. And I wish I would have known about it when I was younger. (laughs) Because if I would have known about this, I would have been able to actually put together what goals are achievable <laughs> timely specific yeah, okay so the democracy component we agree that that's not a smart goal what about having counselors for all the sectors and reallocating funds and labor yes however i think it's not it's it's more than a five-year plan i think oh, yeah. the counselors is definitely an achievable in five years i think the 10-year plan is definitely dividing the labor across all the sectors and then maybe a lifetime goal is to make it a democracy. Democracy, if not farther than that, because you're gonna have to get in with you're gonna have to look at um, all the different nations that have succeeded and failed at democracy, and be able to look at those principles and put them in on your own path. So basically, how you want to put X, Y, and Z together on top of each other as your government and see what succeeds and fails because you got the the people aspect of it and that is that's not a constant. That's a variable. 
110%. Didn't she say that she wanted it to be a republic? Isn't that literally what she said? I think it's, I think it is achievable, but not as fast as she wants it. Yeah. People resist change a lot, unless you're they accepting do. They do. And I think the best that she would have to be to mimic is how Great Britain, the UK, actually has it set up right now, where they still have their monarchy mm-hmm. as a figurehead, and then they have parliament. She would even... You are correct, uh, Becca. She, she did say a republic. That's my bad. Yeah. Okay, explain I just, the I don't difference know between republic no and democracy. I, I think so. it's just like a... Um, um, I think it's more like a management of size, Okay. because um, let me not misquote myself. I I feel like a republic is based on a constitution, and a democracy is based on like just consistently what the public votes for. But let me double check before I make an ass yeah. of myself. You won't make an ass of yourself. We're being researching. I don't know researchers. Okay. <laughs> According to um, U.S. Embassy Dogov, I'm an I am a librarian. <clears throat> I have to quote my reference. In a pure democracy, laws are made directly by the voting majority, leaving the rights of the minority largely unprotected. In a republic, laws are made by representatives chosen by the people and must comply with a constitution that specifically protects the rights of the minority from the will of the majority. So a democracy is literally majority rules. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, it seems like a republic has a better control of protecting individuals. Yeah. So more right is that balances. the impression you guys got? That's exactly what yes. I got. Yeah. Yeah. I think a democracy probably works in a very small environment. Yeah. Like a household. Uh yeah. Maybe maybe my household. Maybe, maybe your household. I know I didn't get a vote when I was a kid. I will say okay. that for sure. I'm sure there was no um there was no representative for me as a kid. It was mom said this, you better go do it. Um <laughs> I think, I think it's like you said, small. So like, yeah, you and I have a two-person, one and a half dog household. If we're taking the the median, yeah. Uh, and but in Becca's household, it probably would be better if it would be a republic, and that's just the size difference. Absolutely, five versus two. Five versus right. two, and yeah. the animals, yeah. because yeah. they. They can't have a I mean, I feel like game. goats should get twice as many votes because they're really cute. And they they're really animals. loud. I don't, well, I think the baby pig probably deserves the most votes because <laughs> she's the cutest. My goats are not very cute right now. They um, hurt me. Fair enough. They're yeah, big. We have big goats. We don't have little cute goats. We have big. Right, you have actual goats. Bigger, bigger than a Great Dane type Oof. of goat. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but Fern, my little baby pig, she she can have all the votes. She's cute. <laughs> because uh, so, so in the- this society that 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 she wants to establish, how long do we think it would take her? Like, like we just said, I think that we would take five years, ten years. 
what do we think she's going to implement in that first year? Like, what could she achieve in that first year? <sighs> like, where does she start, basically, is what I'm asking. I think we have to start at nominating representatives for the the different sectors and creating a like a senate or a house of representatives or both or both you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah sorry jazzy's over here staring at me and it's it's just off-putting she disagrees with our conversation and quite frankly jazzy i do not appreciate the input she's upset because i haven't walked her and i haven't i didn't walk her yesterday because she's we got, fine we got to the the school because i have a school right across the street from me and she starts limping and i'm like i'm not carrying you sorry sorry tangent <laughs> i'm just getting all the dirty looks from my dog and i just keep looking at her and i don't want you guys to think that i'm doing anything weird you're so funny <laughs> but i think okay I so we can move forward um Kai finds her hiding and says that royalty rarely gets privacy, so she might as well enjoy it while she can. Um, I love that Cinder acknowledges why Lavana might want Earth, or maybe why she would have wanted Earth so bad, because when she's looking at it from the perspective of a lunar, it is enchanting. Yeah. And yeah. Especially from that view. I bet it's, I mean, I've seen pictures. You know? Yeah. We have pictures of the moon or of the earth from the moon. Right. And yeah. It could be like this great prized possession. And I think Lavana was, she's a collector of things that make mm -hmm. her feel prettier than she is. Mm hmm. I think a good way to update the viewer if this were a film i think this is where a harry potter style montage would have been good like in the fifth film when they did like the rotation of interviews and newspaper clippings and articles to like give you an update as to not only what was going on but what the climate was like at that time yeah. i think this would be a, a cinematic opportunity as well to do that because we're getting little pieces here and there but we're not getting a whole list we kind of have to go yeah. back and dig out the list of what's happening i agree with you i didn't even think about that <laughs> yeah. so i agree with you because it's like because yeah. it's kind of back and forth because we're also enjoying the plot of the story as opposed to just like an information dump of everything that's going on mm -hmm. yeah kai does have to leave soon though because he is basically the only one there that's left, but also he's been there. He has a country to run and he's been there for a while because he's helping them get set up, but also his girl is there. Yeah. Um, but Winter and Jason are ambassadors. Everybody else is going to go distribute the antidote and they already left. So once Winter and Jason be ambas become ambassadors and travel to Earth and Kai leaves, it's just her and Aiko, which I think is fine. Like, if she's going to be left alone with anyone, Aiko would be ideal, but it does mean that she's going from having this entire, like, group of a physical support system to just Aiko. And of course, you can have that support system from far away, but that doesn't mean that that physicality isn't going to be missed. And it's not the same. It's not. Yeah. 
Especially, I mean, I think all three of us. All three of us understand that at a very spiritual level. Of course. Bethany and I got moved for the military, and you've moved for own personal reasons. Becca and Ashley have never even met in person, you guys. Yeah. That's so weird. I know, right? (laughs) Well, we've known each other for years. I know. I feel like you're, in my head, you're a lot taller. No, I'm fine. No, she's shorter than me. I know. I know, but in my head, you're not, and I'm told that you're not very tall, and in my head, you're tall, and I feel like if and when I ever meet you, it's going to be a total just mind. I feel like you're way taller than me. I will make, no, she's about the same height as me. Yeah? Yeah, she's like two or three inches taller than me, but I will make sure. Okay, so three inches taller than me. That's a lot for me, right? <laughs> but I will make sure that Ashley is in big old combat boots so that she'll be a little bit hot taller when you guys meet. A whole inch yeah. taller. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going 90s combat boots where they have that oh, wedge at the back. Yeah, I have some I'll make you tall, girl. I know you do. That's why I'm mentioning it. They're heels. <laughs> but yeah. So I think that... Um, I think that it's just important to acknowledge that it's there's obviously a component where you can have a long distance friendship and relationship. I wouldn't, as a spouse especially, I would never argue that. But yeah. there is something to be said for that physical closeness. Mm-hmm. And it's being taken away from her at a time where she could really use it because she finally, you Has know, it. defeated the big bad, to quote Buffy. Um, and now she's gonna and now everyone who is there helping her is like peace but I also think that for the first time in her life she has people that care and love for her and that she can't touch physically and now yeah. they're all gone and it's like it's yeah. very jarring to have all that and then all of a sudden it's gone again it's yeah. so sad to me that they're all yeah. gone I hate that they left so quickly I love that Kai is already like, when can you come over? Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, girl, you want to come over? Do you think that her, you think that her ambition for Luna is motivated by her wanting to return to Earth? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. She wants to go back home. Because I think Luna so, too. A home for her. It's yeah. not, and it hasn't been. And I don't think she thinks, she, I don't think that Cinder thinks that she is capable of running a country well and she has i don't think she wants to and that's also it too but there's a doubt there i think she feels obligated i think she feels obligated i don't think she actually wants to even be a part of it that's why she wants to set all this up so she can walk away yeah i think though too i I think she would stay and do it if she felt like she had to like it was the best thing but you know, yeah. clearly they've proven that this whole monarchy thing is not working out for them. Right. So she's got like that good excuse. Okay, cool. <laughs> like they couldn't do it, yeah. so I don't have to stay and do it. So good. Like exactly, it, it worked out. Yeah, but if it she, did. you know, it if did. she really thought that if she really thought that that was the best thing for them, she would stay and just begrudgingly do it. I know it's- she she would. If you look at what her skill set that she has been training herself for her whole life. It's not like Kai, where he's been trained to be in the government, in a figurehead. She is the same age as Kai, basically, and... She's younger. Yeah, and has never done any any of this. She tinkers. She's a tinkerer. 
Well, even Kai, who's been trained for it his whole life, didn't want to be emperor. He was, I mean, he actually did step into the role very well, but he yeah. was very intimidated by the concept and he's been training for it his whole life. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's a big commitment. I mean, she's thrust into leadership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's scary. And and she has this moment where um, Kai says, like, well, maybe a marriage alliance wouldn't be so bad. And she's, like, completely, like, not ready for something yeah. like that. And I'm like, I want her to say yes so bad. But I'm also like, Kai, it's not the time, bro. She's got a lot going on. I think she's got a lot going on. <laughs> a well-written moment. Because yeah. my experience with people in general that could just go to gender it um we say stupid stuff all the time and i think yeah. this is a good moment to humanize kai yeah to, absolutely to again reinforce that he's only human i understand why sense. that thought would come to him as well because yeah. he fought against a marriage alliance for so long and now the idea of leaving her he's he he wants that commitment and he can't have it and i understand why that thought popped into his head and he still has yeah, but, foot, right? Yeah. He pulls out her 11-year-old <laughs> foot, which is so cute. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's also our last Cinderella moment. Yeah. Um, we finally come full circle. If you read Cinder, that moment of the shoe return never comes to fruition. It's one of the only um, Peral uh, elements that doesn't get finished in that story. Because we do have the, um, you know, pumpkin carriage concept. We do have the fairy godmother. We do have her going to the ball. Um, But in this case, we do finally get that. It's just at the end of the fourth book. So I like that we end the entire series with the Cinderella story. I like how he's like, it's for an eight-year-old. She's like, actually, an 11-year-old. And then it's like, she wore it for so long. So long. You know, that's a really good parallel to just poverty in general, though. I I do know that I, I think, I don't know if that was an intentional parallel on Marissa's part, but I kind of like the concept of, um, you know, drawing that comparison between the two, because when you're at the poverty line or below the poverty line, even new clothes are from garage sales and thrift stores and donations at the local church and you're never going to be getting the size that you need it's whatever's closest yeah and cinder had to deal with that for years it's just it was you know a foot instead of a shoe it's kind of sad (laughs) yeah there's a lot of sad stuff in here ashley (laughs) i know yeah is where Kai acknowledges that changing the Luna, the that changing Luna into a republic would be very difficult. Not only because people don't like change, but because there's this superstition that lunars will lose their quote gift if a Blackburn is no longer on the throne. And Cinder says basically that Luna needs a serving government more than it needs this gift people serving government functional functional that's a good word there we go functional government more than it needs this gift yeah um... i mean i wouldn't know anything about a functional government because i live in the or well i live on earth right now fair enough are there any um but 
Yes. <laughs> I like that he's he's still finding ways of including her in his everyday life. He's like, cool, don't be the queen. Be an ambassador and hang out in the Eastern Commonwealth. I have a room for you. <laughs> <laughs> the palace is really big. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's always just trying to be like, come back to me. But I appreciate it. He has a really good balance. I think this is why he's Quentin's favorite character. He has a good balance of wanting to hold on to her for himself, but also not wanting to stunt her and her growth, both as a queen and as an individual person. Like he doesn't want to walk away because he wants to find, he wants to be with her. So he's not saying like, walk away from the crown and marry me instead. He's like, let's find legitimate legal reasons for us visit one another because like i'm not walking away from my crown you're not walking away from your crown and we would never ask that of each other so we need to find another solution like i appreciate that mm-hmm. yeah he definitely He's did a better than average job there yeah realistic jazz you ham she's a love loving it yeah realistic Sorry, I'm giving loves. I'm trying to think of the best thing. I'm thinking, I'm sorry. I'm trying to think of another segue for us. Um, oh, well, he thinks that it would be easy to find a way to bring her back to Earth because people in the Commonwealth actually dig her now. They're like, this girl is so rad. She defeated Le- Levana. They're gonna make a they're gonna make an action figure and they're gonna put a statue up where her market booth used to be. Yeah, and so it'd be it'd be easy for her to do a tour, like a, yeah. a Grand Earth tour. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's what Levana did. Only she did it with a veil and a demand for for praise. Yes. And I also like so with this tour. Do you think that it would be like it would end or begin with the peace ball? If she was able to, to do this, I thought that they're already talking about prom next year. <laughs> I think it would be both. I think it would start with the annual peace ball. It would last a year, and it would end with the annual peace ball. Okay, yeah, because especially if he can get the androids, yeah, to be able to come, which is really super racist. <laughs> Yeah, but we've already yeah. talked about that at at, a, at length at the beginning <laughs> of this series. Yeah, and throughout, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's prejudices in every society, so I think it's important to include those in literature, whether it's you know a species yeah. or or not, because in this situation, um, you know, they're saying, well, we're going to change the rule and let androids come. But that was only influenced because they have a friend who's an android, not because they are, you know, pro-android rights or something. So yeah. even, you know, I'm not really sure how far even that kind of an invitation would go. Because yeah. also, Ico is an anomaly. Right? No kidding. <laughs> like, androids don't act like that. They're robots. Which is why the graphic novels are so important because we get a lot more backstory for Aiko and why she's an anomaly. But anyways, um, <clears throat> I love the line where he says, I know you never wanted to be a queen, but could you be empress someday? 
because he's basic this is like his version of a promise ring to his high school sweetheart right is he's like <laughs> he's like after college we'll meet up and keep going <laughs> <sighs> so we end the book in a very adorable way um where she drops the foot into the lake and says goodbye say good say goodbye to the old me it's already gone <laughs> um and I love Marissa for not putting happily ever after I love that she put um happily to the end of their days but I also want to read her dedication because it makes me tear up um Lastly, I have infinite gratitude for the readers. Over the past years, you've made fan art and written letters, held in-depth discussions on the merits of various OTPs, shared with me your struggles and joys, hosted, hosted readathons, donned costumes and red high heels, <clears throat> driven for hours to attend book signings, dreamed up movie fan castings, baked Lunar Chronicles cupcakes, started tumblers, and compiled Pinterest boards, and so much more. This tale belongs to you now as much as to me, and I couldn't, I couldn't feel as though I'm putting it in better hands. I'm sorry, I'm like tearing up. If you need me, I'll be thanking all the stars for each of you, <clears throat> all the stars for each of you, one by one. Super sweet. I know. I'm sorry. That tears me up. That very That's last okay. line of thanking the stars, like. It gets me. <laughs> okay, so fan um song titles. Listeners, I have been holding on to this song since before the podcast. This song surprised. has always reminded me of this series. It's always remind it's the it reminds me of the end of anything. Um so it's do we want to do mine first or last? uh let's have some some anticipation i came up with a few i liked the thought of zombie okay uh the cranberries but i also like one tribe by the black cranberries yeah so i've got two because i'm indecisive that's wonderful um any one that i would say we've i'm sure already done for like a chapter because I was like, oh, well, it's the end. So the vitamin C graduation song. No, I'm sure we already did that. Um, I don't think we have. No? Okay, then that one. No, so that would be a good one. Vitamin C yeah. grad graduation. Okay. Because they all, you know, they all like go their ways and it's sad. So drum roll yeah. for, for Bethany. Yes, drum roll for Bethany. So I chose Long Live by Taylor Swift. I could read the entire lyrics to you guys right now. I really could. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out which ones I should read instead of the whole thing, though. Okay, so um, the time we stood with our shaking hands, the crowds and stands went wild. We were the kings and the queens. Um, I also like you held your head like a hero on a history book page. It was the end of a decade, but the start of an age. Long live the walls we crashed through, how the kingdom light shined just for me and you. 
Long live all the magic we made and bring on all the pretenders. One day we will be remembered. <clears throat> you traded your baseball cap for a crown. <laughs> I know. <laughs> when they gave us our trophies and we held them up for our town and the cynics were outraged, screaming, this is absurd. Because for one moment, a band of thieves in ripped up jeans got to rule the world. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Perfection. Right? Long live all the mountains we moved. I had the time of my life fighting dragons with you. Long live that look on your face and bring on all the pretenders. One day we will be remembered. This part is just really beautiful, but sad, but it says, um, will you take a moment and promise me this, that you'll stand by me forever, but if God forbid, fate should step in and force us into a goodbye. If you have children someday, when they point to the pictures, please tell them my name. I love so many elements of this song for this yeah. series, for the end of any series, for the end of anything, because yeah. you are talking about history being made mm -hmm. and history continuing because she's talking about, you're talking about a history of taking, taking down the huge regime, taking down um, Levana trying to establish a new government and a new monarchy, but you're also talking about de-establishing de hundreds of years of prejudice against cyborgs on Earth, de-establishing hundreds of years of prejudice against lunars on Earth. These are huge moments of history. And yeah. I love, I love this idea of the, like, a band of thieves in ripped up jeans got to rule the world because they are a band of thieves yes. with their little rampian crew and they are trying to rule the world while you know dressed like a mechanic and a a pilot and and I love that concept where it all comes full circle yes it's perfection yeah 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 so mm -hmm. patreon members will get to vote for chapter titles um let's talk about our quote for this very last chapter of winter while I stop crying okay so, you guys go Becca, <laughs> yeah. you go. I don't have my book in front of me so I need help finding it because it's the thing that winter says about the cake and I got you cake I can control cake. right now oh I know what okay. you're talking about there's the cake and you can't about. not eat the cake no I know what you're talking about because it's like it's something I have on a a bookmark for patreon Okay. One should never save cake for later when it can be eaten now. Yep. There. That's it. That's my quote. I love it. I love it. Yep. I it, have that on a bookmark for Patreon members. So when it's their oh. birthday, I send them a bookmark with that quote on it. That's good. Oh, that's sweet. I, uh, All right, Miss Ashley. Gimme, gimme. My quote is the very last. It's not the very, very last because... That's and they'll live happily ever to their day into their days. Mine is she held the foot over the water and let go. Yeah. On page Beautiful. Eight twenty-three. I I felt it spoke to me and it's ah mm -hmm. to the end of everything. Nice. She had a couple stressful months. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I think it's a wonderful way to end the series. Like I mm -hmm. love that we literally start the series. The first sentence is about her 
screwing a, a, it, her foot off of her body. That's literally the first <laughs> sentence. And then the last sentence of the series is her dropping that very same foot into the lake. Yep. Love it. Yeah. So mine was, I guess it was the only thing I had to connect me to you when I thought I'd never see you again. And that's Kai referencing why he still has the filthy, dirty, oh. grimy 11-year-old foot. Um, mm -hmm. I don't, maybe it's like a military spouse thing. I don't know. But I definitely cling to things that I've received from other people because um, like the blanket Ashley gave me, for example, um, or the one I crocheted <laughs> you. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's easy when you're, it's easy when you're separated from people for a long period of time to um forget what that closeness is like and I think I think it's it's something that we crave mm -hmm. we're social beings yeah humans and we, we do crave that that connection and that that touch whether it's spiritual emotional physical yeah 100 percent yeah yeah but I do have a very um, bittersweet announcement. It will be the final Prince Kai Fanpod episode for a couple of months. Um, probably, I think I talked about coming back in like April, May. Uh, my, I, I will pause the Patreon so that people will not get charged for it, but I will leave everything available to the universe if anybody wants to go listen to, you know, episodes and stuff. Um but I, between being in school and having my book come out and being a full-time teacher, um, my schedule has been very strained lately. So thank you to Ashley for letting me blow up your phone with random sad emoji text messages. You're fine. I love it. Yeah. I, I, I definitely wanted to give it the end of cinder at least, or the end of winter at least. Um, and right now my current plan is to come back in the summer and start the graphic novels, um, which I know is like six months away. So I'm really sorry to listeners. It will come back. Uh, honestly, I'll probably release like a random bonus episode once a month because they're already recorded on Patreon. <laughs> but um, I do have to step back from brand new content. Yeah, this was a very difficult decision for me to make. But you need the time well off. We all deserve yeah. a break. And you've been doing this for yeah. years now. Yeah. Almost five years. Sure. Yep. That's like as yeah. almost as long as my kids have been alive. It's insane. Becca yeah. and I recorded the first episode of the podcast in April of 2019. That's crazy. I know. Yeah. yeah. Take a break. You deserve it. Yeah, it's very bittersweet. Um, I have a ton of bonus episodes on Patreon, so I'm going to start releasing those into the wild maybe every other week, maybe once a month, just so the podcast can continue to go for a little while. But brand new content will probably be summer, which is why I'm going to stop um, the charge of Patreon. And I think I'm going to make the entire Patreon public during that time as well, so people can go to all the bonus episodes they want for to the public. The, the Patreon Discord right now is, is Patreon exclusive, but I think I'm going to open it to the public. So anybody who wants to be a part of that community can keep it going. Yeah. But here it is. Very bittersweet. 
Yeah. Well, damn, the end of that, a decade, that, that. the start of an age. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's kind of interesting to reflect on how far the podcast has come because I know in the beginning, Becca and I made jokes about like, yeah, if we could ever get Marissa <laughs> on the podcast, because it seemed like such an unachievable goal. Um, and now she's been on several episodes. I'm in one of her books. I've met her in person like four or five times. Um, so I did send her a copy of my book. I never heard if she even got it, but we'll see. <laughs> I'm sure. But um, yeah, it. Uh, there have been a lot of adjustments since the very beginning. Becca moved to a different state and opened a farm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ashley didn't show up until like the fourth or fifth episode, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And you, your life has changed. You, um, you know, you changed states, husbands, and now you're going to have a baby. <laughs> oh, no, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Was that crass? <laughs> no, it's correct. It's, it, and I've also changed jobs. I've, yeah, I've yeah, branches. and branches of the mil- not just the job, branches. but branches of the military that you're in changed. Yeah, it's been a wild yeah. ride, guys. But I've loved doing yeah. every single second with you. I have. It's been amazing. Every time I get to like message you guys or record you guys, it's just minutes of pure joy for me, and I'm genuinely gonna miss it. And I'm sorry for listeners because I still have their phone number, so I can still text them all the time. <laughs> yep. And you, you guys don't get to hear from them as often as I do. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything you guys want to say at the end of the series? This is Becca the looks teary eyed. It's not the end. Yeah. It's not the well, end. We'll be recording with you again. If not sure. in in the graphic novels, probably the next book series you do. Yeah, so I finally put, it. yeah, I put Instant Karma on my holds list at the library the other day. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying to get caught up. on my request reading. my book at your library. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Both of yes, you should I need to figure out your local library. My I'll local figure out library. how. My local library? You mean all five of my library cards I have from across the United States? Exactly. <laughs> Just go to their website and where it says inquiries. Most libraries do have an online application where you can request a book. Yeah, I do. Most so that's do. what I recommend people do. <laughs> I go through Overdrive to do a lot of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bethany underestimates yeah. just how tiny of a town I live in. It is a tiny town. Um, even if it's one extra person. Oh, oh no, honey. No, what I'm saying is I don't think our library has a website. If I want her to order a book, oh, I just enough. send her a Facebook message to her personal account and just say, <laughs> it's gone. That is, also, uh, that is also a viable option. My, okay. library, my library system here in Colorado is ridiculous. For for listeners who are librarians, school teachers, or are associated with both, More Than Life is on Ingram and Baker and Taylor and Books a Million and Barnes and Noble and Thrift Books and anywhere you can find books, oh. it's there. And, and you can pre-order like, it everywhere, which is very it's exciting. It's like YA, right? Like, yeah. so I could tell, like, the school librarian. You could. 
Take that one for the school library. Okay. I got yeah. a free college degree because I was a Nepo baby. I knew my parents. Hey, go it. for it, girl. I mean, you, you take what you can get. Yes. I got a free college degree because I'm a Nepo spouse, question mark. I don't know what to call that. Quinton. Yeah. Quinton, thank you. Right. In the United States military. Yeah. yeah. GI Bill's nice. Yeah. Having a partner who doesn't want a degree is nice because then he just gave it to me. Yeah. See, I, I can get my degree through the military, so. Yeah. Or pass it on to your kid if you don't want one. That's true. Yeah. Oh my gosh, kids. We're going to have a kid. I know, I'm right? so excited. I'm I so excited. It. Yeah. So. It's, so we've been, tr- we're still trying but it's been since yeah. August. Yeah. So. It can be a long journey. Mm-hmm. And you're young still, right? Technically. I'm like 30. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're t- considered like of age for another like five years. So that's yeah. good. Becca, how old were you when you had the twins? Um, I'm 42 now and they're six. So what was I like, 36? 36 okay is that right 35 or 30 they were born in 2017 which I was born in 81 yeah so I was 36 okay yeah yeah so technically like advanced maternal age yes (laughs) not geriatric which is crazy that that's considered well yeah 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 well they 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 changed the name They changed the name mm-hmm. to advanced maternal age from geriatric yeah. pregnancy. Geriatric. Uh-huh. <laughs> I blame the Bridget Jones movies for that. Yeah. Yeah, because she I made a big me. deal about being geriatric at 38. She was uh, like, WTF? Yeah. I mean, I just blame the patriarchy, but. Thank you All both right. very much for being here. I love, I love and adore you. I love um, and adore you too. I also the end of a decade and the start of an age. That's my be, that's my outro yeah. for today. It should be. Yeah, but long live, guys. Long live Prince Kai Fan Pod for sure. Yes. Bye. 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 I love you. Love you. The chapters discussed today are from Winter by Marissa Meyer. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger, and today's special guests were Ash and Becca. The intro-outro music was composed by Emma Papa, and the logo art was created by Cosmic Nova Flare on Instagram. Thank you for listening. 